Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, good to have everybody. I hope you had a great 4th of July. It was safe, it was healthy, and man, is Vegas open and wide open what a difference a year makes when i was actually working all last year at this time filling in for jim rome in los angeles for a week and double dipping doing two shows over the fourth of july week and now we are still baking like potatoes here in vegas trying to stay cool and we're waiting for the raiders to get back from vacation so we could get ready for training camp Later on this month, which will be nonstop Raider coverage once they get up to camp here and they start practicing for real and really pick up the pace until we get into the month of August. And there are preseason games, three of them, against Seattle at home, at the Rams, at the 49ers before the roster gets cut down to 53, and that is on August 31st. So look at your calendar. And get ready because the Raiders are coming. The Raiders are coming. Speaking of the Raiders, this is the first time I can remember that in the Las Vegas Review Journal, I love the newspaper. I get it delivered to my home every day. There's not one mention of the Raiders today. Not a sentence. So you really know that the Raiders are off and on vacation, and it's quiet. And I'll get to that because it's not quiet at PT's. What a week for PT's. Best happy hour in town. Conor McGregor's fighting. Conor McGregor's fighting, and as we get ready for PTs and Garth Brooks, where I'll be on Saturday night, sorry I'm a boxing guy more than UFC, I want to see Garth Brooks at Allegiant Stadium with my wife on Saturday night, so I'll be there. Can you imagine what the strip is going to look like as you pre-party? I'm going to PTs, I'm meeting my buddy Christian at Buffalo in the 215 to get a couple cervezas in me on the way to Garth Brooks on Saturday night. PT's best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, UFC Fight Week, and PT's loves the connection they have, 64-plus locations and everything they do at PT's. So I just got back from Cabo. I was there for five days and had a great time, decompressed with my wife and had fun. Good to be back in Cabo, which is also wide open, how to take a negative COVID test. I don't even think they care in Cabo much, but they want to get you out of there. So two days before you, 24 to 36 hours before you fly back, you have to get a COVID test. You get it in the lobby, and there's a bunch of people in flip-flops and beers, and they're all getting their COVID test. Because if you fail it, and I don't think you can fail it, I think they want everybody out of the country. They don't want to have to feed you and put you up in quarantine for seven days. So I got that document passed a negative COVID test, and then I traveled internationally through customs. I'll tell you, it's a good problem to have, but it's tough to travel, everybody. If you haven't left the country, even though Mexico is very close, uh, it is interesting. It is interesting to get through an airport now filling out every form, every form. They ask you to fill in, and if you don't got it, get to the back of the line. Have your mask on. Saw a couple of different airports, flew direct going down, had to connect through LAX coming back on the 4th of July at night. First time I ever did this in my life is we were flying from LA to Vegas on 4th of July night. Our flight was 945, so when we took off out of LA 
at LAX, if you've been there, you look to the left or right, all we saw were fireworks. It was like the whole city was on fire. Fireworks everywhere to the left and right of the plane. And then when we got to Barstow over that way, you saw some fireworks. And then we flew into Vegas, and I had a window seat. And it was, I don't know, 1030 at night, quarter to 11, and to land and to see all the fireworks going off here in the valley. Really cool. First time I've done that before, and good to be back as we get rolling here. Now, here's what I'd like to do, because we got a couple of guests today, Jeff Sherman from the Westgate on the NBA Finals and odds and all of that. Uh, Tom Looney, my podcast partner, we have a new podcast up on the fallout between Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor at ESPN. Woo! That is a big, big story. That was the number one trending story on the 4th of July. Okay, it wasn't England and Harry Kane and the Euro. It wasn't Otani hitting home runs. It was Rachel Nichols a little bit insecure about maybe losing part of her workforce job, which she did today. She lost the assignment of the NBA final sideline reporter to Maria Taylor. That is a big story. Looney and I dropped the podcast about a half hour ago, and I'll have him on. We'll recap that. A little bit later on, we have a former Raider at the bottom of the hour. But as I tweeted out last night, I hope you're following me, at JTTheBrick on Twitter. What I'd like to do is I'd like to spend the rest of the month with Tom Flores. Okay, so this is, it's Tom Flores and Charles Woodson. But the wait has been just agonizing for all of the Flores fans who have been out there. And I don't have enough shows left. I have one more quick vacation. I'm going to Canton. I'm going to be the MC of Tom Flores' party, which is a high honor for me. And I just thought that we would spend the rest of this month talking about Tom Flores every day. Not the entire show, but I'd like the callers to actually focus on this, please. If you'd like to help out Tom Flores and get the vibe going, for the Raider Nation. And, of course, Charles Woodson, too. Charles is going to be on our show a lot. He's got wine. He's got a whiskey. He's a lot younger. Charles is going to be doing a lot. But Coach Flores had to wait his whole adult life for this. And he waited way too long. And now he and his wife and their family and their grandkids are going to Canton, Ohio. So he could be presented a gold jacket and join all the other legendary coaches of all time, which he joins that crew. And he was able to beat Shula and Chuck Knoll and he coached in big big games against guys who were in the Hall of Fame that he beat and for whatever reason they made Coach Flores wait this long which is an injustice as I've said there's there's different levels of injustice Coach Flores and Cliff Branch are on a level of injustice higher than others there are others that we want to see get in the Hall of Fame Lester Hayes Jim Plunkett you can go down the list there are other great Raiders who deserved consideration for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But no one had to wait longer than Tom Flores. And Ken Stabler, I was back at his induction, was not there because he passed away. And even though that was one of the highlights of my career, emceeing that party with who was in that room, Snake wasn't there. And his daughters were there and his grand snakes were there. And it just wasn't the same. It was a great event. And Stabler was honored in Canton. And believe me, he was honored. When the Steelers walked into that party, Mel Blunt and Franco late at the night with their gold coats on, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And I've been to the Hall of Fame with Jim Brown. I was there with Al Davis. I've seen some cool stuff at the Hall of Fame. But that was one of the coolest things at 2 in the morning, looking at the stage and seeing the Steelers come in to pay tribute to Snake. 
the good news is Coach Flores is with us in his 80s, and he'll have all these Hall of Famers who are going to be back. The turnout is going to be incredible because there's back-to-back classes getting in. And Coach Flores will be inducted on a Sunday. So everybody will be there to personally pay tribute to Tom Flores. But if you're not going to be there and if you're not making the pilgrimage back to Canton, and maybe you are, I'd like you to drop a phone call in the next month. I don't ask for anything. I've never asked a listener for one thing. I don't ask you to buy T-shirts and mugs and all that. I just hope you listen and interact. So I wanted to simplify this as it's a slow time. As I said, there's no Raider news, nada, none, which I find encouraging. I think it's nice that there's no Raider news on Raider Nation Radio. I'm not going to do a fake Raider show, who your top five DBs of all time. I don't do that. But I think it's a good idea to come up with a tribute to Tom Flores. Countdown to Canton. So starting tomorrow and throughout the rest of this week and into next week, I'll be off a few days, middle of next week. And then when we come back mid-July through August, every day I want callers on hold ready to put together a tribute call for Tom Flores. What did he mean to you? What impact did he have on your life? How important is Tom Flores in the history of the Raiders? And how important is it to you if you're Latino, if you're someone that got to meet Coach Flores? I've been around Coach Flores on the road. When he walks into a restaurant, when he gets off the plane and he's in an airport, people spot him and they come up to him and he's a gentleman. He is a gentleman. And he waited too long for this high honor. He should have been a Hall of Famer 20 years ago. He should have been going back to the Hall of Fame whenever he wanted for the last 20 years with Fred Bolitnikoff and Ted Hendricks. And you go through the list, Howie Long and Mike Haynes. He should have been sitting up there on the stage. And why wasn't he? Because there were a couple of people in the room that looked at his Seattle years as a coach and a GM, and they held that against him. He's not going into the Hall of Fame for the Seattle years. What What is anybody thinking? He's got four Super Bowl rings. One is a backup for Len Dawson in the Kansas City Chiefs. He's the first ever Latino quarterback. He's the first quarterback in Raider history. And he won three Super Bowls as a coach. One as an assistant for John Madden and two as a head coach. And they made him wait for for Bill Cowher? Are you kidding me? Tony Dungy in the Hall of Fame before Tom Flores? Other coaches who were very, very, very well thought of. I was at the induction of George Allen as a guest of the Allen family. He never won a Super Bowl, NFL championship as a coordinator. But he came up short with the Redskins all those years. Marv Levy never won a Super Bowl. 0 for 4. Great coach. I think he's worthy to get in. And they let him in before Tom Flores. It's an injustice. But I don't want to make it negative. I wanted to bring that up to frame this conversation and my idea about what we should be doing for Coach. But, God, how we waited this long. you got to be kidding me. I've been talking to players behind the scenes or working on a project behind the scenes for the Raiders, and everybody brings this up. Everybody brings up the injustice of Coach Flores having to wait this long. So let's make it a positive. You know, let's make it a positive for the Raiders this summer on their flagship station. Coach Flores last year was kind enough to be on our, our show every two weeks, and that was really cool because he watches the games. He used to be the analyst on the radio, did a great job, and now he's enjoying retirement as a Hall of Famer. And that's coming up in our early August as Tom Flores will be inducted 
And I think when you think and you circle your calendar for August 8th in Canton, Ohio on a Sunday and set your DVRs and watch it, I don't think there's going to be a dry eye in the place. I think that everybody who cares about Barbara Flores, Mrs. Flores, Tom, the family, is going to say, wow, it finally happened. And I wish Cliff Branch was there and I'd be sitting next to Cliff or at the party introducing Cliff Branch. And Cliff passed away and he should have been in decades ago. Decades ago. But Tom Flores is going in. So the number is 702-365-9200. It isn't urgent. You don't have to call right this second. But if you'd like to, the phones are open all month. I have nothing else I want to do that's more important than this. Right? I don't think there's anything more important than this until training camp starts in a couple of weeks. And I think if we can concentrate on the beginning of July to the beginning of August, talking about Tom Flores, all the guests that we're going to have on, all the help that I'm getting from the Raiders to get some of his former players on, I think it's going to be really cool. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I can tell you this much, I know Coach Flores is listening, and I know a lot of his former players are listening on that Raiders mobile app. So you can get in and uh, make your tribute call, and you can make more than one. You can call this week. You can call two weeks from now. But I want to step it up here. I want to make sure we have a focus on what we're doing with the show. Because I don't do radio if I don't have a focus. I don't kill time. This is the dead zone. we got to do something that matters and that will have an impact. And I came up with Countdown to Canton, the summer of Tom Flores. We'll have imaging. We'll have interviews. We'll have it all. And I think you'll enjoy it from noon to 2 every day. And hopefully that energy will spread throughout the Raider Nation. All right, so tonight we have game one of the NBA Finals. Phoenix Suns are going up against the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know who's going to be watching. If I was doing a local show in Milwaukee, I'm sure it would be popular. Uh, Phoenix has been so bad for so long. I don't know what to tell you, but they're a very good team. I like this matchup because there's some really good players out on the court. Uh, Giannis has been upgraded to questionable from doubtful. So it looks like Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to try to play in this game, which is big. And they have Chris Middleton, who's also a top 10, 15 player in the league. He's a hell of a player. So I can't wait to see him play. And then they have Brooke Lopez, and they have Drew Holiday. I mean, this is a really good matchup here. And then you go to Phoenix with Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. I mean, these are good matchups. If you look at the play, oh, P.J. Tucker, the power forward matchup, P.J. Tucker and Jay Crowder. This is going to be fantastic. The centers, we have two guys who can actually play on the low block in DeAndre Ayton and Brooke Lopez. That's going to be fun. But we're still looking at injuries, and guys are hurt, and Giannis isn't at 100%. Drew Holiday versus Chris Paul, I don't think you could have a, best, a better matchup. Paul is unbelievable. And, you know, one of the top on-ball on defenders in the league is Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is a tremendous defender. Oh, my God, what a matchup. And the shooting guards, Devin Booker and Chris Middleton, it's fantastic. So the series is much better. I just don't know if the country is very interested in it because of what we could have had. If we would have had the Lakers going for a back-to-back, and the Lakers are very popular here in Vegas – and LeBron James is going for back-to-back championships in a Laker jersey. Wow. Anthony Davis going for back-to-back. The LeBron-Michael Jordan debate would be raging right now. Absolutely raging. 
but it's not because LeBron's not in it. So we're going to have to deal. I mean, we all thought that Giannis was going to go to the NBA Finals a few times, didn't we? I mean, who didn't think that Giannis, the two-time MVP, at, at this young age wasn't going to play in an NBA Finals? But will he win? And will Chris Paul win? Because remember, there's been some great players that have never won a title. John Stockton, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Chris Paul. Chris Paul's in that conversation. If he wins, think about how it's going to elevate the legacy of Chris Paul, who's also the leader of the union and has all those TV commercials that you see every second, State Farm commercials. I mean, it's a big moment for Chris Paul if he can find a way to win this championship. So that is a great storyline that I want to get to. And then finally, uh, before we get to the phone, 702-365-9200. In regards to the Raiders, the biggest, there's two big topics I think going on with the Raiders right now, two big ones. One has everything to do with the Raiders and one has everything not to do with the Raiders. I'll start with the Raiders. To me, the biggest topic in the Raider Nation is the second and third year players who Mayock and Gruden have drafted who haven't panned out yet. That, that to me, is the number one A topic in the Raider Nation. We know what Carr can do. We know what Josh Jacobs can do. We know what Waller can do. We know that. But do we know what we're going to see with our, with our net? Do we know what we're going to see with Trayvon Mullen? Do we know what we're going to see with John Abram? Do we know what we're going to see with Cleland Farrell? We don't. We don't know. We're hoping that they get better because a guy by the name of Gus Bradley walked into the door, and Gus, get on the bus with Gus, is going to coach him up. I know he's going to line him up better than Gunther. I like Gunther. He was good to me. Friend, came on the show whenever he wanted, lost his job. Team didn't perform well. I've been calling for Aaron Boone's job for two months. Yankee manager, nice guy, can't get the job done. If he loses his job, no one else to blame. So Gus Bradley comes in. And his focus just to line these guys up better pre-snap. Because the Raiders were a bleeping mess when it came to being lined up in the right spot defensively. They had guys out of position. I mean, just go to the Miami game and what happened there. Go to the last drive when the Raiders were going to sweep Kansas City with a minute 43 to go and see where the players were lined up. So Gus Bradley's going to do a good job with that. He's, he's definitely going to line them up right. And then he's going to have guys knowing what they have to do, how to switch off and do that. But the question is, I think there's a bunch of players that I just mentioned, four or five of them, who are second-year players or third-year players. I'll, I'll include Henry Ruggs III on offense. that got to put up or shut up or they're not going to be here. They're just not going to be here. There's no way that they're going to be able to be here for their entire contracts if they can't play. So that, to me, is the big topic of what we could talk about with the Raiders. The other one, the Raiders have no control over unless they do something radical. Aaron Rodgers, who is golfing today in Montana with Bryson DeChambeau against Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. This is the biggest topic outside the Raiders building where all the players are and the coaches are. Aaron Rodgers is now playing hardball with the Packers. The Packers are playing hardball with them. Aaron Rodgers has one more vacation day. It's today. He's going to play golf. They're probably going to ask him a tough question or two about what's going to happen with the open microphone, and we'll see what he has to say. Then when he comes back, you are going to get an overload on sports television and radio debate shows every day, Aaron Rodgers. And why is that such a big topic for the Raiders? Well, the Raiders 
know that Aaron Rodgers wants to go west. That's pretty much obvious because of his fiance, who's in the movies. He wants to go west. The front runner to get Aaron Rodgers is Denver. Denver has all the resources to pull the trigger and get that deal done right now. If they do, Denver will be better than the Raiders along with Kansas City. Fact, not fiction. I'm not saying that the Raiders can't beat Denver and beat Kansas City. The Raiders almost swept Kansas City last year, and Kansas City was better than the Raiders. So anything could happen. But it would be a nightmare of epic proportions if Aaron Rodgers is in a donkey uniform coming out of the tunnel. Because I'm one of the only few people in the world, in the world last year, who had a front row seat to see the quarterbacks who came in to the building because there were no fans. Drew Brees, Josh Allen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tua, right? How, how, how are these names? Justin Herbert, Tom Brady. Saw them all live. I have a different perspective than people that weren't in the building. And if Aaron Rodgers comes into the building and we got to see him at Allegiant Stadium once a year for the next three years, that's not a good thing. And could the Raiders trade for Aaron Rodgers? Sure they could. But it doesn't look like there's zero, there's 1% chance. It looks that way because Carr is completely locked in, fourth year in the system, on the exact page with Gruden now, working with the team. It would be a blockbuster if that happened. Possibility, very small. So those are the two big topics. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a big topic on this show going forward. Okay, It's going to be a big topic nationally going forward after this golf exhibition today and we'll act accordingly i want him to stay in green bay i don't want to see him don't want to see him in the afc west don't want to look at him let him go back to green bay and we'll all be happy here if he comes to the afc west and the raiders have to navigate his schedule with justin herbert aaron Rodgers, and patrick mahomes six games that's going to be tough on anybody and you know that you know that you know how big this story is and we'll cover it accordingly 702-365-9200. Eric in Vegas. Go ahead, E. Start us off. Hey, JT. Thanks a lot for those videos of Cabo. You made us all jealous here in Las Vegas. I saw oh, on social it was, media. It wow. was nice, man. It was, you know, you know, Eric, it was just, it's 20 degrees cooler, but super hot, but the ocean breeze. So it, it was nice. And now, uh, now we'll deal with the, you've been out here a long time. We've been friends a long time. We just got to get through what? You say another six weeks of this? I call it the 90 days of hell, June through September. But the great thing about it, when it ends, we got football season. So we'll get through it, my friend. But you asked earlier when you led into this segment about what does Tom Flores mean to you. Well, imagine I'm 20 years old in 1980, and he takes that wild card Raider team, JT, and just goes right. I mean, a great game against Cleveland. Brian Seif gets intercepted by Mike Davis. You've seen the highlights. Rest in peace, Mike Davis. They beat the crap out of the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. But I think his greatest achievement was a 1983 team. Now, you'll hear Phil Villapiano and Stabler, rest in peace, talk about how great the 76 team was. But I lived that 1983 team. I'm 23, season ticket holder of the L.A. Raiders, JT. That team was so dominant. Not only did they beat the crap out of Pittsburgh and Seattle in the playoffs in the championship game, but they demolished a Redskins team that I believe was number one in offense that year, 38-9. to Everyone knows the highlights. Jack Squirek's interception, Marcus Allen's 72-yard run. But I've had chances to talk to Tom Flores, mostly in the Oakland airport, JT. The last time I talked to him, it was during the 2015 season. I fly up there with my kid. The Raiders lose a tough game to Kansas City in the Coliseum. And I see him in the airport Hilton uh, gift shop. 
He looks at me and we start talking. He puts his head down. He goes, man, I remember the way it was. We didn't used to lose games like this. I'll, I'll end it with this, JT. I think one of his greatest achievements, maybe you'll agree or not agree, mm-hmm. is he had to move a very popular Oakland Raider team to Los Angeles in 1982. And they had a lot of winning years in Oakland and a big fan base. And you're coming to a market in L.A. that had the Rams that weren't bad under John Robinson, even though they moved to Anaheim. Not only did he navigate that well, but what does he do? What does he give L.A. in his second year there, first full year after a strike year? A Super Bowl championship, a dominant team. I lived my whole 20s with Tom Flores basically as a coach. And I'll go down. Now, I'll go down and saying, John Madden and this great guy we got now in Gruden, they're larger-than-life characters. But I think Tom Flores is as good as coach as those two guys, JT. That's all I got. Thanks, sir. Good to hear from you. Really appreciate it. Excellent. That's exactly what I'm looking forward you know, one guy starts off the show, one guy on hold, and fortunately he buys into what I said in the monologue. Let's drop a call in on Coach Flores starting today, and let's keep that train going as he goes all the way to Canton. It's not hard to do. You all have a story about Tom Flores. You've all met him. You know him. You watched him on TV. You know his importance on the game. Share it with us. Share it with us. Share it with us. We want to have the memories of Tom Flores so we can celebrate his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame coming up in Canton, Ohio. Monologue brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Had a couple of Remy Martin sidecars down in Cabo. Easy drink. Every bartender knew how to make it, but you got to have it with Remy Quantro. Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence, and raise your game when it comes to your cocktail game. When we talk X's and O's, we're talking Remy Martin. And good to see the Remy Martin crew at the grand opening of Resorts World. That was fun a couple of Thursdays ago. Looking forward to getting back into their bar there again. 702-365-9200, former Raider, wide receiver, Orlando Truitt will join us coming up on the other side. Jeff Sherman, former Nasty Boy pitcher, Rob Dibble. I used to work with Rob. He brings heat heat when it comes to baseball as we're ready for the all-star break and baseball in a couple of series before the big game in denver as it was moved from atlanta raider nation radio 9 20 a.m this is where we are for coach flores and charles woodson This JT the Brick Legends moment is brought to you by M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. My feeling it happened. It finally has happened. Uh, I've worked hard for it. I did not campaign it for it because, uh, you know, it's something you don't campaign for. You let other people do it. You let other people bring up what your your accomplishments have been. And I just said, you know, my record, uh, stands for itself, and hopefully it'll be good enough for the voters to to grant me my my last dream and uh, and vote me into the Hall of Fame, so I could be there with all my friends. So I could be there with all my friends. Tom Flores, countdown to Canton all summer here on Raider Nation Radio, 9:20 a.m. and the Raiders app. Uh, once a Raider, always a Raider. We always appreciate getting Raiders on, courtesy of the M resort and spa and orlando truitt kind enough to join us played for the silver and black the vikings and the washington redskins former wide receiver and special team standout 
Orlando, thanks for doing this. I hope you're enjoying your summer. Thanks for coming on. Hi, I'm JT. Thanks for having me. Your story's interesting. You're drafted by the Raiders, and then you don't. You were released before the regular season, to, and you hooked up with Minnesota. What was that like coming into the league as a fifth-round draft choice, and how competitive that first camp that you were in in Oakland? Yeah, it was very competitive. I uh, tweaked the hamstring, and that limited my um, uh, limit, limited my ability to showcase what I could do. And so, basically, the Raiders had no choice. Um, but to basically cut me and hopefully put me on um, practice squad. Uh, lucky for me, however, uh, the Vikings picked me up, and I played uh, my first season, 93, with the Minnesota Vikings, which was uh, probably the best best you know course of action uh, that could have happened, uh, uh, you know, given. And I found out that from Chris Carter that, I was on that draft board um, mm-hmm. to be drafted in the second round uh, had they not taken Kadri Ismail. So, that is, really, uh, yeah, kind of that is really interesting because how disappointed were you when the Raiders let you go? Was that a team that you thought you would have been a good fit for? Because, again, there were really good players there in front of you. But how did you look at that when you were in camp? You talked about the hamstring and that hiccup there overall, but was that a team that you wanted to get back to because Al Davis was involved in the draft process and saw something in you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I owe um, my NFL career to uh, Mr. Davis without question. And um, Art Shell and Terry Rubisky, uh, you know, um, I, I just needed an opportunity. And I know that my injury prevented uh, that opportunity with the Raiders. And uh, I was able to get some playing time with the Vikings and also play uh, with uh, two Hall of Fame receivers, uh, Chris Carter, of course, and then Anthony Carter, who should be in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, I I gained a wealth of of knowledge uh, from being uh, on the team and and being in the same uh, meeting room with those uh, mm-hmm. genius football players. Orlando Truitt joins us, once a Raider, always a Raider. So tell me about your journey, because people I talked to said you worked hard, you were always getting better, and, you know, it was tough for you to make the team. Every year you were looking to get more playing time there, but you never quit. You always tried hard, and you're always getting better, and you really contributed on special teams. Tell me about the journey and how Mr. Davis brought you back to the Raiders. What was that about? Sure. Um, I, I was with the uh, Redskins for two seasons. After uh, one season with the Vikings, and then I went to Redskins. Terry Rubisky was there, so he mm-hmm. brought me on. He's a receiver coach, and um, uh, I I uh, felt that I wouldn't get a fair shake with the Redskins. So after the '95 season, I asked Norv to release me. Norv and Charlie Casterly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they didn't, they were reluctant at first, and then they did, and then Mr. Davis picked me up um, spring of 1996. Um, and I just felt, wow, you know, I've had three years of seasoning. I'm, I'm ready. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity Mr. Davis uh, gave me. Uh, you know, the, the team was transitioning from L.A. to Oakland. Um, so um, it was, uh, I knew I was ready. And then uh, mm-hmm. joining the team, um, 
got some playing time, but I really cut my teeth as a special teams player with the Raiders. And, you know, that's, you know, going from basically strictly a, an offensive receiver to, to that. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, that's how I maintained. And also working hard and learning all the positions, uh, not just the flanker or the split end. So uh, I think that, that uh, mm-hmm. paid well in terms of longevity. Well, Landon Truitt joins us. Once a Raider, always a Raider. So what were your fondest memories of coming back to Oakland with the Oakland fans there welcoming the Raiders back? You mentioned the L.A. transition to Oakland again and some of your fondest memories, especially kickoff returns and doing what you did best on special teams in front of those crowds, especially those early crowds in Oakland and those sellouts as the fans were hungry to see you again. Oh, absolutely. So the, the, the Raiders fans were are, are the best. I mean – it's, you know, everyone, every fan base says that, but, you know, those people who dress in those, in the garb and the spikes and, you know, the, the makeup, you know, I've heard that these folks are professional people, lawyers, judges, doctors, you know, that's how mm-hmm. fanatical Raiders fans are. So it makes you appreciate uh, what you're getting into and, and you owe it, you know, you owe it to your fan base and, we, you know, we owe it to the, you know, to uh, Mr. Davis all bringing us together but the most some of the most memorable moments will be Tim Brown surpassing Fred Belitnikoff with a number of catches I was on the field it was a slant Tim was in the slot I was outside Jeff George completed it to Tim and just being on the field in that moment I knew uh, how grand that moment was and I was just happy to be a part of it uh, fantastic memory I was there and I remember that and the crowd and the response there, and you were out on the field for that. That is incredible. And I want to just ask you before we wrap this up, the impact. You keep talking about Mr. Davis, and now it's Mark Davis. And you got the legacy brick, and you've seen the move from Oakland to Las Vegas. What are your expectations now as an alumni with this team going forward? There were no fans last year, and they were basically a 500 team. What are your expectations for the team, and what do you think they can do this year? One thing I've noticed from uh, Mr. Davis to Mr. Davis, the motto is the same, excellence. And so uh, that's my expectation. Um, I'm on the East Coast, so I don't see the Raiders much. Uh, but I have uh, – I worked with John Gruden when I was at Pitt, and he came to Pitt. Uh, he was a receiver coach. Uh, so I knew, I knew John before um, he was John Gruden, you know, so, so to speak. Yeah. So, uh, he's, he's going to get the team uh, ready and prepared, and he's get, he's gotten the young pieces, and uh, I think they're going to be very competitive. Orlando Truitt, as we wrap it up, uh, once a Raider, always a Raider. What does it mean to you to be considered a Raider? What's the organization mean to you today? Um, of the you know of the three organizations, there's a certain pride uh, and a, a, a special um, place the Raiders have with me. Um, the Raiders has treated the organization, fan base, has always treated me like a Tim Brown, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and, and you just have that appreciation for the, the legacy and the appreciation for Mr. Davis um, for, um, you know, drafting me and also bringing me back. So my, my feeling for the Raiders goes beyond um, – you know, a, a player played for a certain team. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, heartfelt and uh, it's, it's a feeling of appreciation. 
Well, we're really honored to talk to you. And, again, any Raider that played for the team, and for you to say that you were treated like Tim Brown, your teammate who you played for, that is a high honor. And I think that connects with a lot of fans. Orlando, I hope to see you out here in Vegas, and we could see you in person and uh, get you out to the stadium and treat you out here to a great game. Please keep in touch with us. Not a problem, JT. Take care. Take care. You got it. Orlando Truett, former Raider wide receiver, uh, special teams player, and played with the Silver and Black from 1996 to 1998, once a Raider. Always a Raider. We appreciate his time. Uh, very interesting. You know, when I interview players that I'm not familiar with, and I'm not that familiar with him, is the fact that what he just said at the end there. You know, he was on the field when Tim Brown broke that record. I was on the field for that, and I remember that. And when you think of what has happened, he feels like he's treated as an alumni the same way Tim Brown is a Hall of Famer says a lot about the Raider organization and Mark Davis and before that Mrs. Davis who's with us and Al Davis uh, whose birthday was on the 4th of July and I'm sure if you follow the Raiders on social media you saw all the great social media on the Raiders as they never forget the 4th of July as the birthday of Mr. Al Davis. 702-365-9200 as we continue on Jeff Sherman is going to join us in a few minutes from the Westgate uh, our gambling segment with him every two weeks as we take a look at the moving odds and how people are going to be gambling the NBA Finals. Remember, Sam and Ash, your personal injury attorneys, my personal injury attorneys, they got you covered in every corner because you deserve what's right. Go to SamAndAshLaw.com or call them at 702-820-1234, SamAndAshLaw.com. I think for us, it's just about um, winning games, winning games and making sure that we have the right approach as a team. You know, we expect that not only at the beginning of a series, but in the middle of a series, at the end of a series, like that's, that's why you're in that role. There are a lot of storylines in the NBA Finals. JT, back with you as we continue on. Brought to you by Grimaldi's. Best pizza I ever had. Five locations here in the Valley. Spain and Italy, no score halftime. In the UEFA Euro, we'll get an update on that coming up here shortly. Jeff Sherman joins us, the Superbook VP of Risk Management, the great golf odds maker and overall odds maker. Jeff, let's jump in on game one of the NBA Finals and the volatility, how the prices moved, especially with all the news around Giannis Antetokounmpo. Not only, not just game one, the entire series, how difficult is it to handicap when a two-time MVP's got an injury? Yeah, it's uh, extremely difficult in this situation here. You know, we opened the Suns as a five-point favorite in Game 1. It's gotten as high as 6.5 when there was speculation that Giannis would be out, and now he's gone from doubtful to questionable to game-time decision. So it's come back down to Phoenix 5.5, and, and like you said, uh, throughout the series between the series price, which opened fifty on the Suns, climbed as high as two ten. We've just had fluctuations and fluidity all throughout on these prices. When you look at this game also, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen uh, with Giannis and what happens later on in the series when he gets back to health. But, Jeff, we've talked about this with you over the last couple of months. It's been very difficult to handicap the NBA playoffs with all these injuries, including nine all-star players being out throughout the playoffs. It's been the toughest year that I can ever remember being in this business. I mean, just look at the Suns' path where they beat the Lakers without Anthony Davis and 100% LeBron. 
then moved on with the Nuggets without Murray, and then on to the Clippers without Kawhi, and now they're facing uh, the Bucks with Giannis possibly not available for some games this series. So uh, you need a lot of luck right now this season to get where you're at for any team, but right now the Suns have had a nice path to get to the finals. A lot of Sharps on the Suns. When did you start noticing at the Westgate that the Sharps and a lot of betters looking long-term when it came to the futures on the Suns were interested and on the right path with this team, or did all that hype come on late? Well, you know, they looked good in the bubble last year, and so we started seeing some money on them for the conference, not so much the the championship. We're in real good shape on on the championship, but we lost on the conference. So I think there's a lot of Sharps that faded the Lakers and Clippers and went with all the other teams because we had liability on the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Mavericks, but uh, the Suns too. So um, I, everyone was just fading those two teams and hopeful, whether it was injuries or just them not playing out like everyone thought it would. But um, it was mostly the conference and the title were in, in about the same shape, but good shape on both teams. Jeff Sherman's our guest from the Westgate. Let's move to the Stanley Cup here and where the price is now after Montreal gets that game. Still down three games to one, but... Man, the way they killed off that power play last night for four minutes and scored quickly in overtime, that was impressive to see much how much heart they had. We knew that being out here in Vegas and seeing them put down the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, that was a tough situation. I have to go through the four-minute double minor, but they got through it, got the win, uh, didn't get swept, so now they head back to Tampa. And for tomorrow night's game, we opened Tampa minus 210, Montreal plus 190. The public is supporting Tampa. We're up to minus 220, plus 200 right now. And for the series, if you still like Montreal, you can get them at 15 to one. You had Cam Davis 200 to one last week in Detroit Rocket Mortgage. Uh, talk to me about what's been working out on the golf perspective. We have the match with Aaron Rodgers, DeChambeau, uh, very good excitement based around Mickelson and Tom Brady. But as we take a look at the tour and especially the Scottish Open, tell me what the golf schedule looks like this week and the numbers. Yeah, last week was a very weakened field, so you could find some long shots like I did with Cam Davis. This week, the John Deere is even worse, more of a weakened field. A couple guys I like, uh, Seamus Power, 35, Aaron Wise, 55, and someone who's played the courts extremely well, Steve Stricker, 75, even though he's on the Champions Tour now. But the better field this week is in the Scottish Open, where you have John Rahm, the 7-1 to favorite, with Xander Shoffley, Morikawa, McIlroy, Justin Thomas. So prep for the British Open next week, and it's uh, definitely better on the other side of the pond. Yeah, how much is that going to kind of lead you to what you expect to see at the British Open here, playing in the Scottish Open? I know it worked well for Phil one year. Other guys don't want to travel and get over there too far in advance there. I would think you'd want to play in similar conditions like the Scottish Open. Is that the smart play for these elite golfers? Yeah, at this time, that's where you're going to see the largest fluctuation in the odds is the golfers that play well this week in the Scottish. If you want to pay attention during the tournament, you can find some value because those guys might get their odds chopped in half depending on how well they do. So this is the last go to find some value, and it's going to be going on during the Scottish Open this week. Jeff Sherman, as we wrap it up from the Westgate, Otani and the MVP, how exciting has that been, the handle on that going forward? A guy that makes a lot of sense as a pitcher and a home run hitter leading the league, that's an advantage having two opportunities to get into the MVP conversation. Yeah, and he's a large favorite at one to three for that. But uh, Guerrero, I mean, he's having such a fantastic year. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the two sides of the plate there for Otani, then uh, you'd have Guerrero a clear favorite for it at this point. But it's uh, it's tremendous seeing all these guys, Tatis in the NL, and just the young crop of, of superstars that we're seeing. And 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see Otani on display in the in the All Star game, playing, uh, doing pitching and batting. What's most beneficial to the books when it comes to the Euro here, and the matchup that you'd want to see England finally England getting this deep into the tournament, but they're not home yet. Yeah, right now from uh, the Superbooks perspective, we could use Spain play England. Those are our two best outcomes, and uh, the only liability we have remaining is on Italy at this point. Thank you, Jeff. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Always appreciate it. Enjoy the summer. All right. Thanks, JT. There he is, Jeff Sherman from the Superbook from a gaming perspective and how to bet. So what we have coming up here is still the Euro Championship. Italy and Spain, no score at halftime. This is the biggest sporting event in the world. The entire world is watching the soccer game right now. Let me repeat. The world. Italy versus Spain is an elite global soccer match. So that's going on right now. We'll see how this plays out. Uh, the Scottish Open in golf before the British Open is a pretty big deal. And obviously the NBA, you know, as Phoenix being a favorite, I'm not surprised that Phoenix is the favorite. Their series have been shorter. Uh, they're going up against Giannis, who was injured. And you don't know how much he's going to play. He becomes doubtful tonight, upgraded, upgraded to doubtful, which is, I guess, good news. I think he's going to try to give it a go tonight. Or at least he's going to warm up with that. Speaking of the NBA, the Rachel Nichols story with Maria Taylor, I want to get into that. Typically, I don't do a gossip media show. If you've been listening to me for 25 minutes or 25 years, I kind of stay out of that. You know, I use Twitter for that. If something happens stupid on Twitter, someone says something, I'll tweet it. I'll retweet the story. But on the radio, I usually stick to sports. But this is a big, big conversation because it exists with two females. And normally it's the men fighting and are cutthroat and want the job of the other male. We don't often have this in sports media. Think about it. You can't go back historically and see what's happening now. The breaking news today is Rachel Nichols is not out of her job at ESPN hosting the jump with her ESPN coverage. But Rachel Nichols will not work as the sideline reporter for the NBA Finals. And her comments are still rippling through ESPN. As Rachel Nichols, who is white, said Maria Taylor, who is black, earned the job to host the 2020 NBA Finals coverage because ESPN was feeling pressure on diversity. And she said that in a private conversation, private conversation that was on a computer and an open camera and was recorded and leaked. I mean, this is juicy. ESPN, because both these women, I think, do a fine job. I think they do. Rachel Nichols is very good at what she does, and Maria Taylor has been good for a number of years. But the fact that Rachel Nichols is insecure, which is nothing wrong with that. I'm insecure. You're insecure. We're all insecure about something. Mostly people are insecure about their jobs and what could happen if someone was coming after your job. But what she said, is it a black eye to ESPN? Tom Looney and I dropped the podcast on that today. We'll hit that. On the other side, also Rob Dibble, one of the nasty boys, will join us. And the television play-by-play voice of the Phoenix Suns next hour. Good to be back. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. If you're going to give us a call, let's do it on Tom Flores all month. 702-365-9200. The countdown to Canton for Tom Flores on Raider Nation Radio.